got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. You know, tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel, and on this episode, we're going to take a look at the Gators' thrilling 38-6 victory against the South Carolina Gamecocks this past Saturday in Senior Day in the Swamp. Indeed, it was Senior Day, and what a good Senior Day it was. We had several seniors make some great contributions, including Ventrell Miller, although the stat sheet may not show it. There were several times he got great pressures. He definitely helped keep contain. Lots of good stuff from him. And Trey Dean ended up with a fumble recovery. And for a guy who's been much maligned, and some of that rightly so, it was good to see him going out with a great game. I don't believe there's a single play that I saw where I was thinking, what is he doing? And that's something you do want to see for a guy who, for better or worse, did give his blood, sweat, tears, and everything he had for the Gators for the past five seasons. And hopefully, he continues this progress through the end of the year. It was also very positive to see us get such a lead and be able to see some of our seniors come in and get time, especially those who we've not seen much of, if any of before, such as Ingle, Will Harad. And then it was good to see guys like Pouncey come in the game and get a catch. Also good to see Lingard and also Naquan Wright. And I believe Naquan Wright, at least this season, has not been the same since his injury that ended his season last year. This was a guy I had high hopes for this season. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, it did not work out. Good luck to him in his future. I hope if needed, he can step up if he's needing the last three games of the season. If not, good for him. Also good to see Trent Whittemore get out there. Right before I recorded this, the news broke that he has entered the trans- transfer portal as a graduate transfer as we speculated last week about some of these guys with availability left with some time they could play that they were probably even though it was a senior day probably we're going to see them go to other programs and see what they can contribute there as the roster turnover for Billy Napier continues and to be honest if they are guys with eligibility left and it seems like they're not going to be playing much as much as I like them part of our program for their sake I would love to see for example, Whittemore join his brother up at Mississippi State and end up doing great things in Mike Leach's offense. He's done everything we've asked for him. He's been solid when he's played. If he's not part of our future plans, let's get some guys in who may be and let's hope the best for him in his future, as well as anyone else who we may have in a similar circumstance. Once again, a great senior day. It was great to see all these players who some have played a lot, some have played a little. Get a little bit of time on the field and just experience what it's like to play in the swamp one last time. That doesn't always happen on our senior days, so it was good to see that it did happen on this one. Even better to see it happen against an SEC opponent, as now they can say not only did they get to play in the swamp, but they got to play in an SEC game in the swamp. And that is also something becoming increasingly rare with the way Florida's been scheduling usually a cupcake the week before FSU and that's usually the senior day unless it's FSU 
And at that point, you're probably not seeing too many of these guys come in either in an SEC game or a big game against Florida State. Rare moment here, but definitely a good one for the seniors to take in. Back to the actual game itself. For our offense, the three keys I put for the game, the first one was establish the run. And boy, did we do that running for over 370 yards. That is a ridiculous number. I don't care who you are. We almost had three backs with over 100 yards each in a game. For the first time since 1984, unfortunately, AR ended up being sacked late in the game. That dropped him under 100, but still two backs over 100 and a third one at, I believe, 96 yards. That is ridiculous, and that's a running offense that teams are going to have to take account for going forward for the rest of the season. Granted, there's not much left, but things that we can build on in the future, especially with what appears to be several members of our offensive line coming back, obviously probably Montreal Johnson and Etienne coming back, things that we can build off on. And then of course, if AR ends up coming back, that's one more component of this rushing offense that will be great and teams have to take care of. But again, check on key number one, which was establish the run. The second key was AR needed to be accurate with his passing. And that is something that I can say definitely did not happen. He ended up around 50%. I do believe it was a little under. Were there some balls that he could have thrown better and gotten catches? Yes. Were there a few opportunities where we could have caught the ball and we just didn't? Yes. An example of that would be Odom on one of the last plays of the first half. He steps out of bound before, bounds before securing the catch. If he just maintains his feet in bounds, then we get a few more yards. It's one more catch. I know it's a little bit difficult, but the further you're away from the player, the lower that ball gets. So if he stays in a yard or two from the sidelines, then that's probably good enough, high enough for him to be a catch. But again, he was ruled out of bounds. So it's not on AR that the receiver stepped out of bounds. With that said, not there. Another example of this would be there was a low throw, but still a very catchable throw for Caleb Douglas early on in the first half. He didn't get below and make it. But again, these are also things that AR needs to make better throws on. I'm not saying that you know these are all on the receivers. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying there are times where we could help AR out and improve his completion percentage by making catches when the balls aren't perfect. There's also one that Bowman had thrown. It was behind him. Not a good throw, but it definitely, again, a catchable ball. Pearsall in the end zone where he's pushing off the defender with one hand, reaches out, tries for the one-handed grab. I think if he ends up trying to grab it with two hands or doesn't have his hand pushing, off the defender i think we either get a pi call there or with two hands maybe he brings it in for a touchdown with that said again these throws need to be better ar needs to put the ball placement better than what he has because we can't be under 50 percent completion percentage some of that may also be that justin shorter didn't play frazier's didn't play so at that position where frazier's is the backup shorter we were on Douglas, who is the third string there, and that's not knocking him. 
I think he did pretty well in this game. But there is a difference when you're used to running timing and you're used to the speed of a certain receiver at this position, and now you have someone new. Think of Kyle Trask back in the Cotton Bowl, where Kyle Trask in the Cotton Bowl didn't quite look like Kyle Trask because he was utilizing a whole different receiving core because Tony was sitting out. I believe Grimes was out that game. Kyle Pitts was out that game. There was all sorts of things. And I'm not saying it's exactly similar, but I believe that some of it in the press conference today, Anthony Richardson said he needed to remember that these guys have game speed. And I do believe that that is what we're seeing is he has to remember the speed and the timing for the way these receivers run as opposed to the ones that he's used to. That's not to say that he was accurate and that he shouldn't be more accurate. Those are both true. But I do think there's a little more to it than simply saying he had an off day. Moving on to the third key that we had, which was take care of the football. For the majority of this game, until the game was way out of reach and we're killing time, we did not turn the football over. Granted, there were a few opportunities we could have, such as the fumble on the punt by Henderson. We had a bad snap that hit Richardson. I don't believe he is ready. But until Naquan Wright fumbled, which I do feel bad, that's going to be his last play in the swamp. But until Naquan fumbled, we took care of the ball pretty well. So as far as the offensive keys, two out of three isn't bad. I would like to see us doing all three things, even if they're not my listed keys. And of course, that is establish the run, be accurate in the passing game, and take care of the football. If you do those things, then we will win more times than not. Switching over to the defense now. The first key that we had was to contain Rattler. I did say that he didn't have quite as many rushing yards as you'd believe. Now, part of that was that they had given up 20 sacks on the year coming into it, and that will limit rushing yards. And at one point, we did see Rattler scramble for first down. We saw him try and scramble a few more times, but the reason he wasn't successful those other times were we contained him. And if we contained him, that'd be forcing them to go to their passing game, which I believe wouldn't be that strong. We had discussed that Marshawn Lloyd would be limited. And then later on, after this was re- after our preview was released, he was ruled out for the game. And we didn't believe there would be too good of an offensive uh, rushing game for South Carolina. And that's why we focused on the pass. Well, containing Rattler does do more for the passing game because how many times this season had we seen quarterbacks drop back to pass and kill us on sprints out? So it was a good thing. And by doing that, we did get some sacks and ended up forcing all sorts of chaos. The second thing we had was man D create small windows and Rattler will give us turnovers. Rattler didn't throw any picks. I'm not sure how much we played D versus zone. To be honest, when I watched the game back, there was so much, so many other things I was looking at. But I do know there are several times when watching the game live, I turn to the people I was with and say, look, we're up in press man. And there are not too many times that they had a guy get wide open on us. And that is a testament to our defense. And we also had a few other times where they got the ball, had a little bit of space, and we forced a fumble. That happened on two out of three drives. Miguel Mitchell and Torrance caused one. 
Kamari Wilson and recovered by Trey Dean on the other one. Overall, the coverage was solid. I would say that a few of our sacks might be deemed coverage sacks. And also, Spencer Rattler, at least about 40% of his yards came on three passes. And when he had under, under 150 yards passing, that speaks to how well our defense played, how good our coverage was. So I will say maybe because, again, I'm not sure how much zone versus man we did. I should have looked more at it. but. Overall, great coverage, and I think that's the main point. We didn't get any interceptions, but that's all right. They had many safe throws, not too many risky throws, and by safe, I'm talking many of them were within 10 yards. We had several behind the line, so definitely forced them to not try anything that would be risky where we could get those picks through some great coverage. The third key was to get pressure with four or five men which we had done great the week before. We did well with that in this game against the Gamecocks. Three sacks, seven tackles for loss. I know at least on one play, we forced a bad throw by Ventrell Miller, getting a hit on Rattler right as he was releasing the ball, if not just half a second later. So good things with us getting pressure. Lots of guys stepping up. Lots of guys moving in the pocket, mirroring what the quarterback was doing. Lots of positive things with this defense coming from the pressure, and that would be a check mark. And I would say two and a half, possibly three out of the defensive keys that we saw can be checked off by the skater defense this week. They are improving. It's good to see all the success that they're having, especially after such a rough year. Again, what we saw against LSU and Tennessee, some of that was very inexcusable. But now they are starting to do things better. And we'll talk about what they're doing better in just a minute and what my feelings are. We did have a special key for special teams was watch out for Beamer Ball. We completely failed that key. Not just because the only points we gave up on the game were six points on a fake punt, but also having two block kicks. That's awful. And for the fake punt, there are tweets that were out there before the play happened said, I would make sure I'm in safe. There is some indication that someone just blew a coverage. But if you watch the playback, there are several several chances to get the man down that we just did not get him down. And then, of course, we allowed two block kicks. On the first one, I'd love to see a down-the-line shot. I thought maybe he was offsides is what it is. But again... Did not reach that check mark with our special teams. The good news is I don't believe we face a team with as good of special teams in our final two games and probably not in the bowl game. So a little bit good there, a little bit bad. We didn't do as well against we as we could have against South Carolina in that side of things. However, on the flip side, that's probably the best special teams units we will face for the rest of the season. Going back to the defense. I do want to go ahead and enter one of our truth be tolds, and that's truth be told, two things can be true. I've seen many people on Twitter picking one side or another on this. I've seen it said around, and I believe that saying it's one or the other is really a false dichotomy because two things can be true, and those two things are one, 
We faced some really bad teams the last few weeks, and two, that our defense has improved. Many people don't want to acknowledge that our defense has played possibly the two worst offenses that we will face in this back half of the season. South Carolina, without Marshawn Lloyd, without their second string running back, is nowhere near as good of an offense as they could be. Granted, they're still a pretty bad offense, but now you take away their top weapons and you're really hampering that offense. And also, we talked about how there's all these players out with the flu at Texas A&M, so even their bad offense wasn't as good as it could have been. Again, Connor Wegman, probably a lot better than Haynes King back there for A&M. So we can admit that these were bad offenses, made even worse by circumstances. But on the flip side, we can acknowledge that the defense is doing better. We are playing tighter coverage. We are maintaining an edge better than we did early on in the season. Some of that might be losing Brenton Cox and his desire to play hero ball sometime. Some of that might be just reinforcing with the team. Do your job and hope everyone else does theirs. Expect everyone else to do theirs. It's also our linebackers have stepped up. Specifically, I've talked about Amari Bernie not having as many plays where it's like, oh my gosh, what he's doing? what's he doing? Trey Dean has had a great few games. Heck, this past game, he also blitzed on one side of the line, ran completely around the backside of the line, and ran down the ball carrier from behind on a crucial third down play. And... Those two guys, obviously, first half of the season were many things that people were pointing to, myself included, as doing things that were hurting the team, hurting the defense. And they've done a lot better, so it's easy to say, hey, look, we're doing things better. It's easy to say, we've improved. And yes, we have. But I want to see us do it against a better offense, and that starts this week against Vandy. Not that Vandy should be the measuring stick for our team, but Vandy should have their best quarterback, should have many things that we've not seen from South Carolina, from AM. So it's a good stepping stone because let's be honest, these were not the best offenses, but we needed what we we did what we needed to do. We have six straight shutout quarters. That's There's a lot of good things going on, a lot of improvement going on. This team is getting there. But we need to continue to show that this week against Vanderbilt, and we need to add to it because Florida State is the best offense that we will face in our final four games of the season, and that's a game on the road. We won't have the crowd helping them out, and that's where I will want to see is all the improvement that we're seeing for real or is some of it, or a lot of it, having to do with the bad offenses? Again, right now, I think both can be true. We have improved, no doubt about it. And we've also faced some bad offenses. But sometimes, think of it this way. Sometimes you have to play the Charleston Southerns or whoever of the world who aren't good to build confidence for your team. You still, even though you know you're going to take care of that game, you can tell whether the team is lining up right, whether they're hitting the right gaps, filling gaps right, whether they're playing good man or good zone, 
And you can tell that even though it's a bad opponent. And that's what I'm seeing right now. And I'm not saying that A&M and Carolina are on the level of Charleston Southern. But I am saying that they were not at full strength. And they were not good offenses to begin with. But what we did with them with six straight shutout quarters has been phenomenal. But we need to also acknowledge the other side of that coin. And hopefully we continue to see that this week against Vanderbilt. Hopefully we continue to see that in two weeks as we head to Tallahassee on Black Friday. So again, truth be told, both things can be true at the same time. The defense is improving and doing really well while acknowledging that, yes, we face some bad offenses. I'll probably be back a little bit later in the week with a short Vanderbilt preview. I am flying up to Nashville on Thursday, which is my usual recording day for the previews. And I've got a busy week outside of that going on. So we will see what all happens between now and then. But what a game, 38-6. to This was a game that we wanted to see from Florida, a dominating performance against an SEC foe. We wanted the chance for 4-4 four and four in the SEC. We're 3-4. and four. We can get that with a win at Vanderbilt. A loss at Vanderbilt, I believe, unravels a lot of the good progress we've made. So this is a big game coming up, a cold game coming up, and we'll discuss that in the preview episode. But thank you. I've enjoyed it. And I do realize that in the South Carolina preview, I did not give a score. I've written down on my notes here that I would have done 31-21 Florida. I am glad that we, A, scored more than I thought and held them much lower than I thought. So good for us. There were things we could do better. But overall, we checked the boxes we needed to. We got to see some seniors play that haven't played much, if at all. And we'll never get to see playing the Swamp again. But how could I let this episode go without saying the highlight of the night, which of course was the fumble recovery and strip by Big Des, Desmond Watson, and running it, unfortunately, as Gervon Dexter said in today's press conference, that Des told him the ball was coming loose, and so he would rather protect the ball than potentially fumble it. And you know what he did? There's been a lot of fun memes out there. Big Des being posed as a Heisman. I've seen captions of captioned this with Dez's hand against the side of Spencer Rattler's helmet. And of course, Florida Gears Football has posted on all social media a shooting stars meme. If you don't know what that is, you'll know when you go and find it. And there was one tweet I saw on Twitter that said, had he scored, fans would have rushed the field. I'm not quite sure if we would have rushed the field. But I don't think I've heard a pop that big in the swamp, at least since the first game of the season. That was something worth hearing when everyone realized he had the ball and the chance to score. Congrats to Desmond Watson on that. Hopefully we see him score. Billy Napier did say in his press conference today that he has a deal. If the defense is 10th overall or top 10 overall in total defense and scoring defense, he will put defensive players in on the goal line package. So something for them to work towards, perhaps get Big Dez a touchdown before he leaves Gainesville with those improvements. And of course, that would be a sight to see and something I'm looking forward to if that happens. Well, with that said, thank you everyone for listening. And as always, go Gators.